Hello, and welcome to the Grassroots Podcast hosted by Green Industry Pros, where we dive into the root of the trends, business strategies, products, and personalities in the green industry. In existence for about 40 years, WorkWave is a software provider that offers the full life cycle of field service, from setting up customers with an agreement, scheduling service, dispatching, and even the payment process. Small landscaping or pest control businesses are able to run nearly their entire business on the WorkWave platform. In this episode of the Grassroots Podcast, Green Industry Pro's editor Ryan Wisner talks with David Giannetto, CEO of WorkWave, about the importance of technology in leading small businesses through the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as getting into some insights on how to ensure continued success with technology and strong leadership. Let's drop in on them now. I guess to start with, uh, why don't you uh, uh, give me uh, kind of a brief introduction of uh, uh, about WorkWave and and uh, and uh, your connection to that. And you said you do have some background in the in the service on the service side of things, which uh, gives you further insight uh, into this. Yeah, sure. So WorkWave has been around for about forty years. It started as the leading software provider in the pest control industry, and uh, from there over the years, it's expanded out quite a bit. And not only does it do what we call the full life cycle of field service, so that's, that's setting up a customer with an agreement, scheduling it, dispatching it to a technician or a service provider, somebody out in the field, and then going and doing the service and the resulting payment. That, that's kind of what we call the major stages of the, the field service life cycle. WorkWave has also expanded really to be uh, you know, the, the partner of choice for middle market and below customers so that they can run nearly their entire business on our platform. And that means at a high level, they can, we can help them go get new customers, whether that's digitally, uh, across social media, Google, or any of, the, any of the online type of methods, or physically in the real world, you know, our customers are knocking on doors, doing door hangers, walking to the neighbor's yard when they do a service. Um, the field service itself, the actual, you know, uh, servicing of the customer's property, and uh, residential and commercial. And then the movement of money through the organization, how do they get paid? And their online reputations. So we help them with everything, whether it's uh, on the back office, we call it, in the office on how they run the business, or whether it's it's in the field, actually serving servicing the customer, either residentially or commercially. The only thing we don't do is, is cut the grass for them, but we, we try to help, we try to help make every other part of running the business easy so that they can focus on the customer and the services with their team. Okay. And uh, it's, it's interesting because I, I got into service myself. Uh, you know, I graduated from college here in New Jersey, Monmouth College, and three days later, I was an officer on active duty in the Army, and I was a logistics officer, and that's the core of the Army, the biggest group that maintains all the equipment. And my, depart, my, my group would be deployed forward with the infantry. So if they had any equipment problems, whether it's their weapons, the vehicles, it could be armor, it could be uh, their communications equipment, their security equipment, anything, the night vision goggles. We were the team that was deployed with them to repair that equipment. We would be anywhere in the world within 18 hours with a full spare parts warehouse and, and technicians fixing things. So I didn't really understand service at the time, but later in life, when I got into field service on the software side, um, I looked back at my time in the army and realized, you know, wow, like that was hands-on service, but in a very different environment than landscape or pest control. And and when I got out of the army, I became uh, a manager at Airborne Express, which competes with UPS and uh, 
and FedEx, and what we would call last mile. And WorkWave, interestingly, has four core products, three field service products, and one last mile product. We, we lump last mile delivery and pickup into service as a service industry as well. And then we built onto that all of the marketing tools, all the online technology, all the GPS units and things that a business needs to tack on as they grow. So I did come out of field service way back when, but I don't think I understood it. I'm just reflecting back now and saying, you know, when I was a supervisor, I remember that struggle because a lot of the service industries, the technology's changed, but the services itself really haven't changed. Um, you know, we work in, in, you know, lawn and landscape and pest control, two very chemically oriented fields, perhaps. Sure. Still using the same chemicals they used back, you know, 50 years ago in some cases and cutting the grass still pretty much the same. A lot of the softscaping, hardscaping is still pretty much the same. So uh, the service is itself, the challenge for, the, for our customers, and we have about 7,000 customers, is uh, to keep up with how to run the business, right? There's a difference between running the business and doing the service, and they got into it because they love the service. They love right. it. They love being out and helping people and working on their properties and walking away and saying, ah, I did that. It looks beautiful because of me and my team. Then they go back into the company and they have, of course, a little bit more of a challenge oftentimes running the business, thinking about how to grow the business, and, and even finding the time. And that, that's really where technology and workway fits in, hopefully as a good partner. Okay, okay. fair enough. So in, in, this, in this current time for a company like WorkWave, uh, how are things going uh, for, for your company in terms of uh, with, this, with the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, for WorkWave itself, uh, you know, we have about 300 employees. Um, we have an office, our headquarters in the Bellworks building in Holmdale, New Jersey. It's the old Bell Labs building, a very iconic building. Some of the people who, who watch or listen to this will actually know the building from its history. Then we have an office in North Carolina, and then we have an office in Northern Italy in Verona. And they've been, of course, hit really hard. But, um, you know, knock on wood, fortunately, everyone at WorkWave is still safe. We've been able to protect all 300 of our employees and keep them with us and keep them whole. But certainly a lot of the businesses around us are struggling, and uh, some of the family members of our employees um, have become sick. We've, we've lost a few family members um, as well, as most companies have been experiencing. But, um, but so far for WorkWave, um, because of the great customer base we have, because many of our industries are essential industries, um, and we are a SaaS company, um, so the, the SaaS software model gives us certain inherent advantages. Um, we've so far, we've so far been good, and let's just hope it continues, and we're starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel here. So I think if it comes back in the next month and consumer confidence comes back, um, that'll help the business owners feel better and, um, we should come out of it. Okay. Not as great as we would have been like, like all companies, but we'll be able to protect everyone. I think. Sure. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So I guess that, uh, then we can move on to, uh, the flip side of that then and, and, uh, talk a little bit about, uh, what your customers are, are, uh, inquiring to, to your staff as far as what, what are you hearing from them that they're facing during this? It's interesting. It's, you know, the, I think you could answer that in two ways. Um, you know, the conventional answer is our uh, demand's a little bit softer. You know, consumers don't have the confidence and therefore they're not um, buying as quickly, right? Uh, but, but I think that doesn't tell the real story for what's happening in the companies that we work with. 
that the real story is that it's highly dependent on the leadership of that company. We had customers that called us on day one and shuttered their door. They, they just couldn't wrap their heads around how could they operate in this new world. They, 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 they just couldn't, couldn't get there. And we had other customers, their business is just doing gangbusters. Because, you know, with, the, with a lot of the media coverage, it's, it's focusing on the negative, the things that are newsworthy. It's focusing on COVID-19 and the impact of that. They haven't really talked about the mechanical impact on business and how these recessions play out. I mean, you had 2008, you had 9-11. Here in New Jersey, we had Sandy, Hurricane Sandy. So this does happen from time to time. Maybe not on this scale, maybe not with this much um, loss of life and, and all the, the human impact that goes with it. But the dynamics of business run a little bit counter to what you're hearing on the news. The demand is still there for service-based industries, the industries we work in, lawn and landscape, pest control, cleaning, janitorial, uh, last mile. And in some of those, the demand is actually higher. Uh, so the demand is there. Some of the demand is pent-up demand. Customers aren't buying, but the grass is growing. Spring cleanup has to come. People want their pools to be open for spring because they're stuck at home. You know, pests, it was a light winter. Here's summer. The pests are booming. The rats are thriving, right? The squirrels are becoming more emboldened because the people aren't out and about. So all of these things are still happening. And yet businesses are fragmenting. The companies that can rapidly adjust are doing okay. Uh, maybe their revenue's down a little bit, but they're doing okay. Some of them are thriving, but a whole section of them is gone. So if you look at the net opportunity for a good business that can find their way through this with good leadership, uh, they can come out of it much better than they went in. And if you were a healthy company going in, you have an advantage. And um, it, it really tells the tale that you have to manage just as well in good times as you do in bad. Because the companies that are struggling now probably had a fundamental flaw in them, whether it was uh, an antiquated business model, whether they weren't adapting to the changes and how to interact with the customer, whether they had over leveraged themselves, um, whether they had gotten behind on asset upgrade and replacement, and now they're, they're feeling the impact of that with this higher, all the higher bills that come in when assets fail or age. So you have to stay you have to always focus on the business, good or bad, and what runs the business. Um, so when I talk to business owners, and, and it's a big part of my job, that's what I try to remind them. And when I talk to our account managers, and when we release resources out into the industry, because we're a market leader, people expect that. Um, that's what we try to communicate to business owners. It, it hasn't... I know it's hard and I know the, the cost of human, the human toll is high, but business is still business and it's about managing through it, understand the problem and solve the problem. And it goes back to the fundamentals of business, uh, especially for small businesses, more so than they think. You said earlier that uh, WorkWave in particular works with kind of those mid to smaller, smaller size businesses. So across that, in, in, from that perspective, are you seeing, based on what you just said, as far as who's doing well and who's not, is, it, is that still kind of just across that range? It's not necessarily the smaller, the, the smaller guys that are, that are not 
making it through this because maybe they are leading, leading well and, and keeping up with the, the business end of things as they should. So they'll come out okay versus there might be a mid-range guy that's just, like you said, maybe shut, shuttered the doors right from the start. I, so our largest customer would be about a $2 billion company. And we have a whole number of large, what we would call enterprise customers. And then yeah. we have about 5,000 small businesses of a 7,000, let's say. And I think, I hate to say this, you know, we're, we're the champion of the small business. Our, our purpose, our goal, our purpose-driven mission statement is to provide the infrastructure and the technology to a small business so that they have all the tools that they need in order to compete locally with the biggest company in their industry. We want to level the playing field from a technology perspective so that service goes back to what it was. Um, some, a person standing in a person's home or on their lawn meeting a need. And the best company that does that should win. Uh, technology should be the backdrop, the enabler. Uh, and it's critical to service today. But when it's done well, it makes it, it focuses it back on human to human. So the interesting thing about small business is that they have much lower overhead. They, they are the connection between the dollar they earn in the field and the food that that puts on their table is much shorter than a large billion dollar company that has IT departments, that has overhead departments, a full finance and accounting department. They have, they have all this overhead. So if, if their business is not sound, you will see them cutting much more quickly than a small business and, and probably a higher percentage. Um, and if you look at the news, that's what you're seeing across the board. In the small businesses, if they can manage through the turmoil and the uncertainty, and if that's the stress of that doesn't eat them up and they can find their way through it, I think that they can survive better than a large company will survive, but they can level through this maybe a little bit better than uh, a larger company. But it's so dependent on the leadership and the management team that a small business has. But, uh, without the right mindset, it, it can be devastating. And there's certainly risk to a small business if the wrong person gets sick, um, you know, or, or, or they, they expose one crew member and then that crew member spreads it through the entire team. Then they're certainly much more vulnerable from a risk perspective. But the, the health of the company still overrides the size. And with... You, with a uh, per, a system with like Workwave, they're able to continue managing everything. I mean, they if even if they have if they do have an office that they're not going to, they're able to access it from home or. Yeah, the lawn and landscape is one of our core three industries. So we have pest control, cleaning, janitorial, and lawn and landscape. So that lawn and landscape uh, industry runs on our product called Workwave Service, and you can do any aspect of running a business through our technology from anywhere in the world. So we have, uh, you know, we have owners, you know, you have the classic problem of owning a small business where you work your whole life and then you get a little bit older, you want to get away from it, but you don't really have that successor. So now you're tied to the business at night, you're making phone calls for people who haven't paid you, the weekends are consumed. And you know, the husband and wife, oftentimes it is, they want to go to Florida, you know, from Jersey, they, they want to be snowbirds, they can't be tied to the business. So. We have this mindset that 
Our customers are mobile. They're either in the field providing service half of their day or more. Even an owner is in the field checking on the crews most of the time. Or they don't want to be tied to a computer in their office, you know, like I am in my business more so. So you can do any aspect of running your business from anywhere in the world because you're connected back into WorkWave service. You want to schedule and dispatch sitting on the beach in Florida and you're from Jersey, that's no problem. Uh, if you use the technology well, it's doing so much of that back office work for you that it tries to free your effort to focus in on problems, um, which can be solved from anywhere, unless you have to drive and knock on a customer's door and, and make it right face-to-face. Maybe you can't get around that piece of it. Um, but by and large, yeah, you can run your business from anywhere. They're mobile, so our technology should be mobile too. It's a shift we made last fall, and uh, it was really, really well received, but it was really the best received by the ownership because they were tired of being you know, locked to this computer when they wanted to be out and about and, and either doing service or living the life they, they work so hard to achieve. Sure, sure. So, so I mean, it's, it's accessible like by over a, a cell phone or? You, yeah, it runs on any smart device. So okay. typically what's going to, the, the, there's two things that really determine how you're going to use the technology. Uh, one is simply the size of real estate. So, you know, this is my app, I'm on, I run an iPhone and it's not enough real estate on this phone to do some of the back office things, to create a quote, to schedule or to dispatch. You could do it. You just wouldn't want to do it. I don't have my iPad handy, but it's much bigger. So you're going to do what we would in the old days call back office functions on a tablet. Or maybe you, maybe you have a laptop, a Surface. Um, so any cell connection or any Wi-Fi, you can run any aspect of this. And then if you're a technician, you really don't need anything more than a smartphone. But we moved away from this old software concept of back office versus technician or, 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 or mobile versus back office. That was what you would traditionally hear. And we moved into a model that much more reflected the way small businesses and up to middle market works. And the line, interestingly enough, ended up being on how they sell. Who do they allow to go out and issue quotes and proposals and agreements? Is that only management? Sometimes only the owner is still doing that. And sometimes they've grown enough where they allow crew supervisors to actually go next door to the neighbor. They happen to see him and say, hey, I'd love to, to, to give you a quote on your property right now. And they just pull out their, their iPad, they give them a quote, it gets fired off via email. You know, it's hands-free, which is the new model with COVID. Um, and the, so the, the, the device you use is really determined by whether you're selling or not. If you're not selling, you live your whole day on an iPhone, tells you where to go, what to do. You can send invoices, emails, everything that you would ever possibly have to do as a supervisor or technician or or crew member if if you're using it. But if you're selling, then you're going to need the real estate. So you're going to be on a Surface or an iPad. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Well, I I think you've you've really covered uh, uh, how – Technology in general can certainly uh, address the the pandemic. Um, yeah, it's. The, I, I think the thing that the, the takeaway I think for business the important thing to remember is it's it's broken down to three things that the businesses have to do. They have to go get more customers. 
They have to service the customers. They have to move cash through their business. If they can remember to focus on those three things, um, they, can, they can survive this. And they have to figure out how to do it in an environment where uh, the customer isn't as comfortable with you walking up to their front door anymore. So how do you do more things digitally? And that's the real advantage that technology gives you that you just cannot get around today. If you're not using up any technology that does what we do, you're going to struggle to compete because you can't give the customer a good experience digitally without being face-to-face, -face, which they're a little bit more resistant now to now than they used to. For, for lawn and landscape, just think of, think of very real-world scenarios. You drive past a property. It's, it's uncared for. Normally, the, you would stop, knock on the door, and say, hi, I'd love to talk to you about how I could help you out with your lawn. And you would start to build a relationship and hope to create a new customer. You can't really do that now. So how do you pull over at the side of the road, look up that property address, find out who it is, reach out to them via probably a digital method or, or leaving something in the mailbox. I don't know about a door hanger these days, but you could try it. And allow that customer to very quickly get back in touch with you and get an agreement or an opportunity in their hands very fast, execute it digitally, take their payment digitally. There's, there's no exchange, but still make it feel like it has that same personal experience. And, and that's the cornerstone that you can't get around without a technology like, for example, WorkWave Service is our product that does that. Uh, and the business owners that can think through that model and do it more effectively, um, do a better job. And as a partner to those kind of companies, you know, you can join our user group. There's a Facebook user group. We have a resource page off the website that will go and give templates even. We're really trying to help companies understand how they, how they do it. But, but spend your time over dinner with your husband or wife or significant other, whoever your business partner is, and talk about it. how we, we get customers in this new world. How do we service them in a way that makes them more comfortable? And how do we make sure money's moving just as smoothly through our company as it would have, you know, a, a year ago? Hopefully that's more tangible, you know, for the audience and they can focus on them. Sure. Absolutely. No, it's, uh, it's very helpful. I mean, I think this is, uh, for all the small businesses, uh, uh, lawn and landscape and, and on the pest side, uh, uh, all of that, uh, there, the, this time is uh, very challenging for, for all of those things. I mean, it's, um, like you yeah. said, the the lack of the face to face contact, particularly in those in those two uh, industries, um, is incredibly makes it incredibly difficult uh, for that sales opportunity to go. Oh, let's get a new customer. Well, how do you do it? You know what? Yeah. I I'm I'm usually usually walking across the street and going, hey, this guy's lawn isn't being taken care of. I'm I'm gonna see if he's interested. Well, yeah. they're not going to be interested in you walking up to their door now. So. Yeah, and, and you know, when we, we do a survey every year of the service industries, and then we, we we're getting ready to release the survey, the survey this year. And the number one way that our, that our customers still generate business, the, most, uh, the single most influential thing on the buyer's decision-making is word of mouth. Still, even in 2020, it's word of mouth. Now, you can argue it's because a lot of, especially small business, don't really have the expertise and the savvy to navigate how to sell digitally the way a larger competitor of theirs might. Somebody who's regionalized or has the resources of a, market, a digital marketer or an IT department. Um, but number two is online. Mm -hmm. so, you know, we, we've 
the thing that's interesting about service to me, and, and I didn't realize this when I was a service person because I was too low of a level, but as soon as you start your own business, you know, you're a technician, you think it's not so hard, you start your own business, you know, you buy a trailer, you buy the first round of equipment, I'm going to do this. You, you, you steal some customers from your old business, now you're in business. You think you got it. Knock on some doors. And very quickly, you realize the thing that keeps you awake at night is not servicing your customers. That is not your business anymore. Your business is now, how do I go get more customers? So once our customers get over this hurdle of technology, of, of you mean I have to set customers up? I have to be really clear about their email address and their mobile number so that I can automate invoices to them and get paid much faster? Okay, I got to care about that now. Once you get them over that, they, they, then it starts to get competitive and they start to realize, well, how in the world do I go get businesses? And I say this to customers all the time. We have re online reviews, business reviews, business online review management. It's a piece of our marketing technology. And other companies have it too. And I say to every customer, if you don't have that technology, you're missing the boat. Every single WorkWave customer should have that because it's the only way for you to manage what is the second most influential way customers will find you. There's really no other way you can manage it. And there's some, you know, the, the older thinking customers that really don't understand that this battle for new customers is being fought digitally. The average age of home ownership is getting younger and while digitally savvy, you know, people are aging, now they're becoming homeowners, more and more it will move away from word of mouth into online reputation. And a lot of the ownership of small businesses is not, you know, didn't grow up with this technology. They don't understand that Google reviews and Google ranking can drive the success of your business much, much more than doing a great job cutting grass, uh, hardscaping, softscaping. And they don't have the money to go get an expert in digital marketing. So I think we're trying as a company to focus more and more and more, and, and we're not experts at it, but we're trying to focus better at telling them how to run the business. Just, just give them the answers. Every day they wake up, literally in the software now, every day they wake up, they have a dashboard. And it's not like trend lines, pie charts, that cool stuff, right? It is literally telling them, look, these are inbound inquiries you haven't responded to. These are your potential customers. Here they are. Call them or email them. These people haven't paid you in 30 days. They're overdue. Call them now. These invoices are stuck. Un figure out why they're stuck. Here's the reason they're stuck. Unstick them in the system and they will mail out and you will get paid. Like, just tell them the answer because they, they, they might not know how to run a business the same way, you know, these big companies have, you know, people that have MBAs and stuff. They, they're professional managers. Small businesses don't have that luxury sometimes. So, um, it's our, I think our, we've changed the view of our role. Our role is much more to give them the answers on how to run their business. If you do this day in and day out, if you do these things, make these calls, schedule these things, you will make more money. And that will mean there's a much greater chance that you'll be in business a year from now um, than if you hadn't done these things. You will be more successful. So that's where we're trying to go as a company and being a good partner to small business. On the lawn and landscape side, are those, are those uh, customers in particular, are they, for, for, for you, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you referenced how a lot of the small business owners are more of that age that 
that aren't necessarily as tech savvy. Um, but I've found in my time so far in the lawn and landscape industry that it, they're starting now to get more interested in the tech things. I mean, that's, I mean, on the, on the service side itself, they're getting into the robotic mowers and that sort of thing. And, and more, and on the larger enterprise companies certainly use the, the uh, background tech like WorkWave and such to, to manage their businesses. But as you take the steps down, it's those smaller businesses seem to still kind of be reluctant to go that route. I mean, there's still guys out there that are going pen and paper. Yeah. Have you found yeah. that as well? Yeah, and, and it's, it's interesting. It's, there's fairly sizable companies that still are on pen and paper. And, and it's because, you know, you have a, it's the nature of the service person. Most of them didn't get into, get into service because they wanted to be tied to technology and computers and all these things. They liked what I would say, the, the freedom of it, right? And, and if you're a small sure. business owner, you, you want to you wanna earn a good living, but you, your goal isn't always to grow to be $10 million. Sometimes you just want to live a life where your family is well cared for, has all the things they want, and you have the freedom to control your day. That's success. You know, my dad's a small business owner, ran a mason business for a long time before he was a, became a full-time artist. And his freedom was a big part of it. He didn't want to answer to anyone. And that's just the cornerstone of his personality. And um, my mom, with her small business in, in um, promotional products and marketing, Boy, she has a super independent streak. She doesn't want to do it. Uh, so you're almost dragging some service personnel, kicking and screaming towards technology. But what happens is they do top out now in a way that they just couldn't before because when social media hit in the early 2000s, right away consumers had started, they, it started to shape their expectations and make demands of, how they interacted with other companies, right? And, and the reputation of the company was important. But it didn't creep into business relationships as quickly. Now it has. Now customers expect from their lawn, their, their, their lawn landscaper the same service experience they're getting from Amazon. You have to text me when you're coming. You, you have to give me a heads up. And if you're not going to come every Tuesday morning like our routine is because it's a torrential rain, then you better send me a text and tell me we will be there Wednesday morning. You know, they expect that same kind of care and feeding that they've become used to. Yeah. And you can't do that without technology. It's just not possible for small businesses. So you start to top out because the owner only has certain bandwidth for that, what we would have called that back office function. They would sit at home in the old days and call their customer base and, and, and schedule things. Those days are gone and consumers just expect to text. They don't want a phone call. They don't even want an email. They want to text and hit reply if you accept this. So we're seeing that it's just necessary in a way. And you're starting to stratify the base of owners, those that can wrap their head around it. An older owner that has a son that was interested in taking over the business is more technology savvy. Well, that company's doing better. And we see that a lot where the son is almost the IT manager uh, for the father's business or the mother's business. Um, <clears throat> but I would characterize it often as they're going there kicking and screaming. If they could avoid it, they would, but you can't, right? Like there will be a day where a business owner pulls up with, a, with his trailer, puts it down, 
and the machines go to work on their own the same way the Roomba does it in your home. That day's coming. And if you're talking about commercial properties where there's big contracts, multi-facilities multi that represent a lot of money, the bigger companies will go into there first with, high, with a high degree of robotics. That will start to transform and then it will trickle its way down into small business. But when that happens, a whole class of companies will be left behind because they can't, can't adopt it and therefore they are too inefficient to offer low enough rates that, that a highly robotic crew perhaps can. Sure, interesting. That's, that's, uh, that's an interesting take on that for sure. So, but, uh, but you're not wrong. I mean, that's, that really is where uh, the industry is heading. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, I think it's a slow roll at the moment, but it's, it's certainly coming. It's, it's not and, as, way as we think. And, and it's companies like WorkWave um, that are driving that ahead. Um, you know, the, there's kind of a, the rule of business. The person closest to the customer has the most power. And in almost all industries, that rule, that rule holds true. It only is not true in what we call very infrastructure-based industries. Think of the old telecoms or the cable company right, down, right now or Verizon. Like they have the cell tower. Their coverage is great, so their customer service doesn't have to be that great. Um, you know, it, interestingly, WorkWave became a, what we call a payment facilitator. We're equal to Square. We own the, we own the payments transaction now. And the reason that we got into that was because the experience for our customers with the traditional payment processors was so horrible. There was a lot of hidden fees. There was all this confusion. And the customer, our customers had no leverage because the infrastructure was driving the payment process through, through the banking industry. And we became a payment processor, uh, a payment facilitator to overcome that. And, you know, lawn and landscape, if you're standing in somebody's home or on their front porch, you own that customer relationship. And it's a matter of figuring out how to manage it well. And companies like WorkWave are really trying to move all that ahead. A business owner should wake up in the morning. They might have 50 jobs happening that day with their crews. They shouldn't have to worry about one text message going out, one email going out, one invoice being sent when that, when that supervisor pushes job complete, takes a picture, whatever they have to do that business owners should not worry about that machine running because companies like WorkWave are trying to figure out how do we make all that just water through the hose? They, it, there's never a hiccup. The only thing the business owner has to do is respond to a flag that our technology sends them. Hey, this is stuck. Unstuck this. This something on this thing doesn't make sense. It's, it's not set up properly in the system. Go in and resolve the conflict. Hey, this crew did something in the field that um, – they shouldn't have done, or you have a complaint from this customer. They weren't happy. Call them right now. Make them happy. You'll improve your relationship if you do that. This contract is coming up for renewal. Get out there. Knock on the door. Shake that hand if that's still acceptable, and get them to renew. Um, that, those are the things owners should worry about, managers should worry about. The business should run, and while we don't drive robotics ahead, for example, since we own our relationship with our customer, we're very close to our customers. We're the person driving the recommendation to them on when, let's call it robotics or, or smart devices become relevant enough for their business. Because they're turning to us as their partner and saying, these new smart things are out there. Should I buy them? And if I should buy them, who, which one do I pick? 
How do I use it? How does this help me? It's really Workgrave's responsibility to say, this is where the market's at. This is where there's an ROI. And all this cool stuff you're being sold, there's no ROI in that yet. It's not going to get your customer to pay you more. This is the threshold right now. And this is the leading provider in that field. And we've partnered with them and integrated it into the software that you're already using to run your business. It, it can feel to some of our customers a little heavy handed, but you know, if you don't grow up around technology, it's really hard for you to make that smart choice. You've got to spend so much time and energy researching it. Uh, and we try to take that away from, you know, that need away. They're always free to pick whatever they want, but we do try to have a stance and say where the market is right now, this is where you should be. But a year from now, you better plan on being here because this is where we see it going. So we're building the software towards this. So start to shift your mindset and your company towards this as well. Well, very good. Is there anything else you want to add? I think we've covered a lot of ground here today. <laughs> um, uh, we certainly got, got through uh, any questions I, I pretty much had uh, specifically related to the pandemic and, and, uh, and just beyond uh, regarding the use of the technology, because I think uh, as you've said, that definitely is a key piece for the small businesses to uh, move, continue to move forward. I mean, it's, it's a necessity at this point. I mean, that's um, with social media and all of that, uh, you, you can't ignore technology at this point. I mean, it's, it's a critical piece. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're a technology company. We're a software company. We're a software product driven company, but I try to tell my folks, you know, my, my staff all the time that, look, this is not about technology. This is about people. If with good people, we can build any technology. We can dream up anything. And I think that there's a risk with technology, workway technology included, that the service people forget that the service the customer receives. And we need to apply the technology in a way that makes that more the centerpiece. I think, you know, I've worked with service, field service technology for a long time now. And I think there was a stage where that got lost in the mix. But, but I've been with Workwave a year now. And in a company like Workwave, you're much closer to the roots of what service is because middle market and small business, uh, it, it is a, still a people, a person-to-person -person business. Uh, you know, the methods may change because of COVID, but you still have to figure out how to create that connection. And, and for the first time, I think the mental shift that happened that small business is slow to understand is that you own the experience that your customer will have. You have to decide when the customers interact with my company, this is what I want them to go through. This is what I want it to feel like. Are the crews just showing up? They never have to talk to anyone and the person looks out their window and it's beautiful. Is there ever a supervisor on site? Like my landscaper, the supervisor comes here like only once a month, not that much, but I know who that guy is. And he looks at me and he says, everything okay? And I say, it's great. It, and, and he knows to do that check. Can you have the head of your crew do that? Um, how personal is the interaction with text messaging or email messaging? How many payment forms will you take? You know, you have to actually make a choice that this is what my business is. And this is the services we will offer. You know, landscaping, softscaping, hardscaping. 
And then what's next? Because the companies that are the best companies right now are rethinking their business model. This has forced them to add on new pieces of the puzzle because if, if you're standing on somebody's porch, they're your customer, you own that. You did the hard work. You got the customer. Now as a business owner, you better think about how do I get every bit of revenue from that customer that I worked so hard to get uh, and how do I keep that customer? And that's how, how the good companies are thinking. And it's, 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 you really are in control of your business in a way that you didn't have to think about even five years ago. It was just much more, I'm fixing, I'm cutting grass, I'm spraying for pests, I'm fixing an air conditioner. Now you have to think. And some small business is a little bit slower to that game than, than the big companies. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you to David Giannetto of Workway for taking the time to talk with us today. Tune in every Thursday for another fresh cut episode of the Grassroots Podcast by Green Industry Pros and make sure to subscribe and share. Till next time.